0: Welcome to this episode of Ten Thousand Posts, the show about posting and the show about stuff about posting. My name is Hussein. Uh,
1: my name is Phoebe. Uh, before we start, I have a plug which I'm doing up top, well, not at the end, because uh, the I really, plug. I really want, I really, yeah, it's the premium plug. Uh, so Milo Edwards, uh, Patrick Wyman, and I have been working on a really fun mini series where we have revisited uh, the HBO series Rome, and we've taken. Taken a look at the whole of the first series, and we have released it all in uh, one exciting little bumper. And it is, uh, and it's basically a kind of look at how how we uh, how we televise history, how we think about history. There's um, some there's there's some riffs, there's some Romans, there's some observations about Roman milfs off Milo, etc. And so on and so forth. Uh, it's really really exciting. Um, we've been working on it for a while and the link are, link will be in the show notes.
0: Yeah, cool. Check that out. And this week we have uh, two very special guests who are coming on to talk about a subject that we've been wanting to do for a really long time. Uh, we are joined by uh, Haley Johns, uh, yoga teacher and chair of the Yoga Teachers Union and Lynette Greenaway, who is a yoga teacher and the vice chair of the Yoga Teachers Union. Uh, we're going to learn more about how the union started, what they do and the reasons why uh these unions and other types of unions are really, really important. Uh, hello to you, uh, Haley and Lynette. How's it going?
2: Hi. Hello. Um,
0: hey. This is the first time we've had two guests on the show as well. Uh, so I'm like really excited and like, you know, uh, yeah, just just really excited about all this. It's like a big moment for us in the show. Uh, and thank you for joining <laughs> us. Um, I guess like to begin with, uh, for people who don't know what the Yoga Teachers Union is or how it's set up, I'd love to learn more. Uh, about like yeah what what was the origin story of the like of the yoga teachers union where where does it sort of exist right now and who are the people that um you represent and who you work with
3: um I guess I can speak to this one uh Lynette even though I wasn't actually there in the beginning um <laughs> but from my understanding um we have been in operation for about three years now and um, at the very, the, the origin story of the Yoga Teachers Union, it was a um, a core group of teachers in discussions, I guess, that they've been having for years amongst themselves, um, mostly kind of showed up around pay and precarity in the industry and talking about the fact that experience isn't valued and that no one's had a, a pay rise in 15 years. <laughs> and there was lots of kind of discussions oh. like you were talking about amongst yourselves, you know, like journalists talking to journalists, yoga teachers talking to yoga teachers <laughs> and, you know, people writing things, you know, blogs. And hmm. yeah, this core group, the 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 conversation just as a, uh, uh, it, it started a, a series of events where it was just like, has there ever been a union for yoga teachers what would that look like and how do we do it mm. and and how and how did how did you do it <laughs> <laughs> um, How do, like i said i wasn't there in the, from the very beginning i think i joined when the union maybe was just as it kind of voted to form a branch so i wasn't there in the, the very very beginning but it was it was lots and lots and lots of uh like I say, uh discussion and then speaking to um some comrades in the US who actually we aren't the first yoga teachers union in the the world. There was a a yoga teachers union within uh the US pre-pandemic. Um they formed obviously the labor laws in the US are a little bit different and they formed within the 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 company um Was it Yoga Works? I think. Yeah, Yoga Works. Mm. And then we were the second. And now I think there is also um, the because Yoga Works um, shut down during the pandemic. I think the union also disbanded and formed a cooperative. But we weren't the first, but we did speak to them a lot about how we did this. Mm. And then lots and lots of discussions that led us to the door of the IWGB, who uh, specialize in organizing the unorganizable and we have thought that <laughs> way for a very long time we are you know how are you gonna organize this group of really uh, kind of scattered workers who are mostly falsely uh, <laughs> described as self-employed in yeah. our hyper individualistic um, kind of sense of work mm. we don't work together as yoga teachers um, it's really unusual for you to even chat to a fellow uh, teacher in a shared place of work. Mm. So I think that's most of the most of the origin. <laughs> Did you
1: experience any um, any kind of pushback or hostility or even attempts to 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 bust at the at the beginning?
3: Um, I would say mostly. I mean, it's really more the. I don't like that word mindset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like a, it's a mindset thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more the fact that getting yoga teachers to view themselves as worker is mm. it's more like it's an internal thing. Um, that's been a struggle. You know, not many people like us. <laughs> because we're asking some really difficult questions about our Mm. industry and um and lynette will speak more to this the the veneer of what is is presented and what is sold and the 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 reality of the lived existence of the people whose you know labor that industry relies upon is there's a huge disparity so yeah it's more like you know within ourselves we have to find that shift that we are indeed worker in an industry in the uk that's worth 926 million pounds in 2020 oh, um and there are only over 10,000 yoga teachers in the uk so yeah there's a disparity but maybe lynette can speak mm-hmm. a little more <laughs> on that i mean i, I
2: thanks hayley um I just wanted to say um, the pushback. Um, I mean, we joined. We, we're part of the Independent Workers, a Great Britain IWGB, mm-hmm. and so that was a very big welcome for us because mm-hmm. you know, up until that point, we didn't have. We don't, you know, any dem- democratic rights or campaigning rights. You know, we didn't have that kind of solidarity, if you like you know yeah. protection and the legal rights that you get when you join a union mm-hmm. so um, it made perfect sense from those origins of those early conversations in coffee shops mm-hmm. and with a few yoga teachers you know to where we are now so um, when you talk about pushback uh, we got big welcomes and support and guidance from the IWGB we're part of but as Haley says from yoga teachers it's very difficult to there's um you know, this resistance to see themselves um, in, in that wider context of support mm. and unionising in, mm. in a yeah. business that is um, largely spiritual, you know, mm. and it's a weird hybrid of spirituality and, and, and business. Mm. And there's this underlying or expected sort of unwritten, if you like, practice that we just show up and do what we do, you know, be very humble and don't speak.
1: Mm. So 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 not dissim- not dissimilar to this idea that uh that uh, nurses and, and teachers are so kind of called to their industries that they should be willing to do it for for kind of derisory wages. It's a sort of similar similar It is a similar tone. It is it is a similar way of thinking
2: and a similar energy. And because we are working with, you know, that, that whole idea of you know, the spirit, the body, the breath and all those things, you're mm. caring, you're supporting people in various different ways. That's enough. Mm. You know, that is, mm. that is, that's mm. what we work to. But of course, we, we strongly disagree with that. <laughs> hence, hence, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, forming the Yoga Teachers Union. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but, it, but it, is, it is still difficult for yoga teachers to not only see themselves as unionising, that's another step. As being part of a union, but to actually speak out, mm-hmm. yeah, I can, a I, common...
1: I, I can so imagine, and and of, and of course, I think that that uh, coexists very much so with the. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but the outrageous kind of paucity of political education in this in this country. I mean, people. It's only I think quite recently that there's been a general idea of of sort of what a union is. If you are not, if you are not from. A union family. If you're not from a sort of a family with a kind of history of history of kind of workplace activism, you sort of you bet you barely know that there is that there is, that there is such a thing. It's sort it's sort of one of one of the uh, kind of the ultimate triumphs of 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 that of Thatcherism that people just grow up barely knowing that it is possible to to organize in your workplace. And I think that even amongst and I don't know if this is something that you've encountered as well, but that um, even amongst uh, left-wing organizing there is a tendency to in quite an uninterrogated way slip into uh, a kind of a a sort of conception of of unionizing and a conception of uh, workplace organizing as being a very kind of physical and masculinized space so i think that an awful lot i think you, know, you, you meet kind of lots l- sort of organizers who are in their 20s who have not recovered from the miners strike which i can completely understand because it was su- because it was su- because it was such a kind of it was such a sort of total and appalling final defeat um and it had these kind of wide-ranging effects, but it is quite weird when you meet a twenty-year-old Londoner who is still talking about the May strike, who is still talking about, did you know what the BBC did with the footage from Orgreave? And, and it's like, yeah, no, 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 I do. But we are now, we are now in a different context. We are in a different context in terms of, in terms of who the most precaritized and who the most marginalised labourers are. So we're talking cleaners. We're talking call center workers and there's this tendency to slip back into yeah but the miners the steel workers the shippers and even even the in, the sort of the, the kind of the, the the interest in uh in the rail union and the amazon and the amazon what the amazon warehouse strikes that still that still is very kind of the men of the union and anything which is deemed to be too female gets kind of not given the same kind of interest and the same kind of energy and the same kind of solidarity and I think that there will certainly be an idea for something like yoga which is completely unfairly deemed to be a kind of luxury item for the white middle class well I, I don't think it I don't think it is I'm a, I, a yoga practitioner and have been since I was a child because my mother used to be a yoga teacher she's now retired but she but she was for many years so it's 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 quite disheartening to hear that the same issues that affected her when she was, uh, when she was working for different y- yoga studios and different, different gyms 30 years ago are still absolutely the case and probably worse because of, the, because of, the, uh, of uh, the, the pay freezes and so on. But I think that there's this idea that because there's such a lot of money in the industry, the individual teachers are raking it in. And the individual teachers are not being treated as precaritized contract labor because it's sort of seen as a kind of as a kind of uh, almost a kind of a hobby that well off people do. Like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So I'm going to train as a yoga teacher. And I think that's very offensive <laughs> um, for a number of for a number of different for a number of different reasons. But I but I also think that that is um, that that's a kind of self-erected barrier uh, between uh, left-wing organizing and proper kind of solidarity with uh, with with work with workers like yourselves and i don't know if that's, that's something that you've also come up against
3: i think you've touched on a couple of points there i'm like i'm trying to hold them all in my brain like the the, the gendered nature of work and how we view said gendered Work, you know. You mentioned nurses. You mentioned teachers. You know, we work ourselves in a, a caring profession. We work also with our hands and our bodies. So we're not mm. going to exclude sex workers from that. You know, uh, you know, sex work is work. You know, care work is work. And you're speaking about like the minors and the very kind of like, you know, masculine element of, of organizing and, and the same. So too here, like the, the, the way in which we organize, we are a 98% female and non-binary dominant union, not Mm -hmm. that isn't even just the workforce. So that's the, the people that are present here within us as members. So those issues that affect us and the way we organize and um yeah and and not only gendered but like that class element I mean Lynette and I I mean both we aren't your typical yoga teacher I've actually been uh the feedback in some classes in West London once was your accent is annoying um oh my god (laughs) it was yeah that was the feedback because I didn't have typical yoga voice you know and number one as as women that were you know from East London, from working class backgrounds, you know, nobody told us we could do this. Nobody told us we could be yoga teachers. Um, And sure as hell, no one told us we could organize in that political education. So this is all, it's all very, very new to us. And we are, are fiercely protective of it because it is it is so hard hard one for so many people there aren't a lot of people that look like Lynette (laughs) there aren't a lot of people that sound like me (laughs) teaching (laughs) your yoga class you know so it's you know we are fiercely protective of The people within it, you know, everybody, you know, (laughs) white middle class women that just do it as a hobby job. I'm fiercely protective of you as well. Um, (laughs) But those issues. And I think maybe, you know, in terms of like the industry and how the industry is and and how we are as teachers within it. You know, as 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 female non-binary, you know, different intersections within that, you know, it depends who you ask you know, how's the industry, you know, who, who are you asking on that day? Because we're going to tell you that it ain't great. <laughs> mm. But maybe, yeah, Lynette, maybe you could speak more to that. It's, you know, I mean, I was, it really is- I was just picking up
2: um, well, when Phoebe asked the question about yoga teachers, our industry, and, and mm. their understanding, perhaps, or their perception of, of being in a union, mm. that very physical campaigning and bargaining and you know a picket line you no, know, whatever comes to mind in the traditional yeah. sense and so from my experience most yoga teachers won't even have that on their radar because of the nature of what we do similar to those examples of teachers and nurses etc anyone didn't care um so there's this quiet um you know they're going along quietly just being complicit and and not seeing the kind of broader picture and if they do see it They're afraid to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And another point I wanted to speak to about raking it in.
3: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I forgot that one.
2: (laughs) Hello, like you have to do literally a thousand classes a week. I mean, of course, Mm. you know, you have to do so many classes to even just get your head above water, Mm. and that's because of the pay, quite essentially. And you have to move yourself around geographically almost being when your class is finishing in one place you've got 20 minutes to dart across town or wherever you are to get to the next one it is just some days so damn difficult mm-hmm. to maintain that you need more classes to even live
3: mm-hmm. so this
2: idea of raking it in um, from a yoga teacher's point of view in my experience uh, it doesn't happen unless you mm-hmm. are exhausted and when you are There's this quiet burnout. You still don't say anything, even though you're exhausted. You show up internally like your guts are hanging out and then you take your seat and then you do what you have to do as a teacher. You don't complain. That quiet complicitness is very, it's hugely frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that plays out a lot.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's very, it's very, it's very, and and it's very antagonistic to solidarity as well. If everyone is, if everyone is saying, well, I must keep my head down because you know it's a because it's a it's an honour to do this work, it is a privilege to do this work. I must, I like, there's no, there's no, there's no sort of sense of actually, no, this is important, valuable work that I'm doing, and I and I deserve to be to be paid reasonably for it because obviously there is a kind of there is a tension between doing uh between doing spiritual and philosophical work which is not just exercise it's not you're not you're you're not you're not personal trainers and the fact and the fact that we and the fact that yeah it's very it's very it's 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 very nice to be um to be engaging with the spiritual and to be thinking about to be thinking about the body and the breath but also you still you still have bills you can't uh you can't sun salute your way out of having bills and (laughs) <laughs> and having to and having to That's live in- i love that <laughs> you can't om your
2: way out of action you cannot no. just om your way and chant your way through through life like you've got to no. speak and so um, again depending who you speak to like what is it like to be a yoga teacher in the uk today you'll get so many different answers if at all and those answers are hugely dependent on where you work what your gender is who you're working for, what the demographic is, where your location is, your social representation, what your race is. I mean, there's so many factors. Mm. Um, you know, if you're well-resourced, like, you know, if you're doing this job because you've got a well-resourced partner, these things are not going to be on your radar about pay because you've got a well-resourced partner supporting you. Yeah. Not going to be thinking why they're about your peers. It's, you know, it's again, deeply frustrating. So you, you'll get a different answer about what it's like to be a, a, a yoga teacher in the UK today. And whilst those issues are challenging, what's equally important is the potential for us to move forward and widen in terms of engagement. And we do want to talk to other yoga teachers. I know you were saying there's no point in talking to journalists, talking to journalists. There is every point for us <laughs> for yoga teachers talking to each other, like period.
0: I think like on that point, uh, the point that you made, Lynette, but also just in con- terms of the concept of... Uh or or some of the concepts that have come out in this conversation so far. I had, I had a question about, um, how you or like all the relationship between yoga teachers and I guess like kind of fitness instructors as well. Uh, and in relation to like big gyms, uh, because like I, I, I was part of like a big gym, not that long ago. And I remember like having a conversation with a PT who actually like made out, made a lot of these points, although didn't actually know what, didn't really uh, didn't really know what he could do about it i think in the situation like, i think uh the the thing that you had said about oh to like make money as a fitness instructor you need to do like so many club like more classes than is actually like physically healthy for you and like you're actually sort of like for all the advice that you give as like a personal trainer for example like all of that gets thrown away when you're having to like reckon with like the real economics of uh making a living as like a freelance uh fitness instructor and i guess in his case it was like we, he he thought that if he was contracted by a big gym that would kind of make it and that was a kind of situation that a lot of the pts who signed up with this big gym um found themselves in but as a result rather than having to like do loads and loads of classes across several gyms what he found was um as part of his uh well he found that like as he was sort of working it, he wasn't just kind of sort of giving classes and like a commission uh or a cut of that was being given to the gym it, like the contract would constantly change to be along the lines of that, you know, you're responsible for cleaning up the gym, you're responsible for like cleaning up the changing rooms and all that stuff, like basically ways in which they were kind of exploiting an already precarious, pre- precaritized uh, uh, worker. And I wondered whether like organizational organizing those types of workers is harder to do on the basis that I, I in in my mind for in my mind, my thinking was if you're a free if you're sort of like a freelancer who works across several gyms, it might be um you know that you you face a certain the the reality that you've kind of like laid out. But if you're kind of contracted by a big gym, even though you're a freelancer, there's this kind of is is there this sort of vision of like security that? then makes it more difficult or makes it harder to kind of see yourself as a freelance worker who needs to join a union? I don't know if that makes any sense. but
3: um, I guess the question in it all is with the extra, we, we, aren't, we aren't shy, we, you know, uh, the, the extra labour like placed upon us. We don't just swan in two minutes before our class begins teach it and then leave and drop everything again there is cleaning there is you mm. know checking people in there's lots and i think yeah, we did course, some research yeah. at the beginning of our formation and for every one hour of paid work it takes uh was it two or three hours i can't remember of press yeah. time you know travel thing like that but it's also the question is also the nature of our employment because in all of what you just described to saying i don't actually think especially within gyms are those people truly self-employed and 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 the 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 flexibility that comes with being self-employed like there are parts of that i really enjoy as a Mm. self-employed yoga teacher but they when you get into those big situations those kind of gym chains that are owned by huge hedge hedge funds and you know the, the the worker status of all of those people is only benefiting that organization it is not benefiting that person it's almost like a false worker status that they are they're getting you in on this contract if you look at the contracts it's like the first thing it says is you are not you are self employed you know at no other point you know and it's like you are they have make it very clear but uh, the way in which you work how you work and the level of um or oh, what's the word um reliance that you have upon them to set your hours you have to be there at a certain time you know they set your rates i mean you can negotiate them you know even wearing a uniform you know using mm. branded products all of this would lead me to believe that these people are indeed actually their workers they're yeah exactly they're, they're, yeah. They're employees i should say yeah. i mean because there's that gray zone of us mostly being limby workers rather than traditionally some sub- like self-employed mm. mm-hmm contractors than employed. But yeah, it's it seems to be it's an industry that is absolutely kind of reliant on a basis of exploitation. Mm.
2: And those aspects, those other aspects I think you touched on that Hussein and and Haley, was that there's a whole host of other things that you have to be doing on top of the main thing you're there for. We'll be there to train someone as a as a personal trainer mm. we can never fly in as haley says and just take our seat that just does not happen there's an expectation which is fine that you need to be there like 20 minutes before 15 minutes before engage with people if there are new people there's a whole host of uh, like you've got this whole custodian type of mm-hmm. duties you know you and in the absence of anyone being and there's a receptionist then you become the receptionist you check people in And then you talk to them and then you ask them questions. And then you have to teach the people in front of you as well as teaching the people online. Some yoga spaces are still doing that dual aspect. And then when you're done with that, you have to make sure the space is tidy. Mm. Then you have to wait for people to leave. And then they come and ask you questions. You have to be there, which is understandable in terms of the relationship and what you have to do for the job. But those things that are often, you're not, you only pay for that slot to teach. then you have to lock up, you know, all of those things that you're, paid to do you know that's off outside of the teaching time so the freelancing issue always comes into question with workers mm-hmm.
1: in those yeah. scenarios anyway absolutely absolutely couldn't
0: couldn't agree more yeah absolutely and i think one of the one of the things about like the kind of freelance like personal trainer Um, and maybe we can talk about this when we like talk about influence as well and how that has changed. But I definitely remember when I was having like a chat with like this personal trainer on like the last day of my membership at this gym, he was basically saying the same thing in terms of like, you know, by all extent and measures, like they sort of present us as employees by making us like wear the merchandise and everything, which means that like, we can't actually like by their sort of like freelance contracts. They were not allowed to actually like work with other clients outside of that gym as part of their agreement. And, and because like, Every, it wasn't even like every year, but I think every few months that contract changed and like, so more kind of like additional sort of unpaid duties were added to their like, you know, terms of service and like, you know, and, and everything was justified on the basis that like, oh no, we're this sort of big gym brand and like, you know, ultimately your career will be much better off staying with us than by like sort of joining like a more precaritized uh, environment of personal trainers and instructors that are all kind of like doing like stuff. And at the time, like obviously this was like in the second year of the pandemic. So you sort of see like a much bigger portion of people like take taking their stuff online and everything. So I think they were sort of using that. They were using like the cha- the changing like economic climate um, that kind of further precaritized, uh, fitness instructors, yoga teachers and so on to like further exploit, like the people who are already contracted with them. And I feel like I, I imagine that's fairly kind of widespread across the industry. And I wondered whether, like, whether this is kind of impact, like, how has that sort of impacted the way that the union sort of approaches or or the, or the like people who come to the union and the type of work that the yoga teachers union does.
3: Um, I think it's more you know we we spoke a little bit earlier about like political education. This has been a huge education for for a lot of us, um, mm-hmm. not only in the huge amount of money that we have to spend on our continuing professional development, to even be insured as the sure, teachers yeah. and to you know have um you know, to be part of like membership and business organizations, but like the education that's come, in that worker-to-worker relation from being in the union, like I've only, I've never been in a union before. I mean, I've been very kind of leftist, politically active, um, but like I've never been unionized before. Mm. And the education that we've had within the last few years, like learning what a Limby worker was, I was just like, what now? Like wait, (laughs) when I learned that, like I've been working for 15 years. Mm. It's like, what, what was, what's that? What what do you mean there's a secret third worker that (laughs) that should be entitled to certain benefits and protections? Mm. You know, that that was never really... And again, whether, you know, you know, uh, things... Organising around our worker status, whether that's in our futures, who knows? Will it save us? Uh, Probably not. But what will, I think, is... uh, us being you know you unionized together and being able to confront these things as they come up. Um and uh, I mean our one of our first campaigns that we we do, traditionally organized around pay and precarity as we mentioned, but as soon as we opened up any kind of casework channel, um 80% of that that came in uh started to center itself around sexual harassment within the workplace. So we had to pivot real quick, right? And uh, that then formed the basis of um, us kind of moving publicly out into the world because, you know, I say not because we wanted to, <laughs> but because we kind of had to because it was what was presented to us. And we know mm-hmm. that, you know, being a women non-binary dominant led, you know, union and workforce, you know, working in precarity under those contracts that you mentioned the same, you know, lead us to a higher instance of being... Um, sexually harassed at work and then you add to that intersections of being a woman of colour being you know you know a lone parent like you're just you're just going to add on top of that so Mm. I don't know if I went off on a tangent there. no 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 Uh,
2: no. (laughs) I mean I also want to add in terms of the 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 exploits um, and from personal experience I mean there Mm. is a lot of support I mean there are I mean it's not you know, there's an imbalance, but some spaces still offer a lot of support to their teachers. Mm. And, you know, there's room you can approach and negotiate. But also within the other side of that is that there isn't, if you start, if you want to talk about or even hint about addressing some of those imbalances for you as a teacher, you're hugely vulnerable because no matter how they kind of coach it and cage it up, there's always mm. another teacher who's going to step in. You know, so you know that if you leave on point of principle and you've got no idea what you're going to do after that and, and nowhere to turn, before you blink, there's someone else ready to step in and do those classes that you were doing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that you've left, that you've worked for years and that you feel that, you know, you, you should be given extra for all sorts of reasons. And so even when um, you've got support, you don't have a choice. You, just, you put up with it or you leave. Mm. Mm -hmm. and they probably
3: train that teacher right (laughs) the teachers just waiting to take your job they probably um, train them
2: (laughs) even where there's space where you feel you know some modicum of support um there's a danger there's there's a there's a risk of challenging and asking Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the chances are or not even asking for something for yourself if you want to speak up about an injustice something that's happened to a colleague like, mm. you, you lose your class or, 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 you know, you won't be working there anymore. You just want to speak up. Even about a member who has been hugely, like, uncomfortable across, you know, boundaries and who, who you know, uh, are posing a threat to you, you know, the, the member seems to come first, like that bottom line for, for those mm. owners, you know. So mm. it's deeply risky to talk up, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, there, I mean, there is, some, there is something kind of grimly comical about the idea of a scab yoga teacher. Um, <laughs> but I think that's sort of quite a kind of awful, but quite fu- but sort of quite funny idea. What what is re- what is really striking me, and this is and this is sort of one of the reasons that um that I that I was really keen to to get to get you guys on because um, as I was saying to you sort off mic is it's quite easy for Hussein and I. Uh, to kind of fall into the trap a little bit of having quite a kind of monoculture constituency of guests, uh, just because of just because of the work that we do outside of the show, and just because of the sorts of the sorts of people that we tend to know, both kind of professionally and personally. And it's and we don't want to. There's no point in us having a show which is just. People who work in the media talking to other people who work in the media because that that exists that exists in stultifying abundance and I do think it's really really important for us to uh, for us to uh, introduce our our audience to uh, different different kinds of different kinds of workers and different kinds of viewpoints and different ways uh, ways of kind of contextualizing the 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 issues that that are kind of facing the, the contemporary worker and something that is just really really striking me is that I think in a lot of people's heads and again like as 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 Lynette says of course of course yoga teachers are not raking it in and this is because alongside the paucity of political education there is a there is a real failure in general to understand what things cost Uh, and i think this is this is sort of this is sort of across this is across the board so people think well i'm paying 15 20 pounds for a yoga class they don't they don't understand for example that you are (laughs) that you are uh working outside of your of your paid for hours in in a number of different ways uh you're quite often uh contracted to a gym or a studio or a studio space where you're kind of where you're renting the space and so on and people are not seeing uh, not seeing the savings that are kind of that, are, that uh, gyms and 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 other and other kind of studio spaces uh, are are getting from stiffing the teachers, that's not being passed on to the practitioners. So people have this idea that you know that you're earning twenty pounds now, which honestly, it's not even it's that's not even that that's not even that much. Like certainly not certainly not if you're working in a big city in the UK but i think that people have in their heads that things like yoga and uh an exercise of all of, of all descriptions yeah because of them being this sort of this idea of it being a kind of luxury item i think we all saw when the studios and the gyms and stuff were closed during the pandemic that this is not a luxury item at all it is a kind of it is a deep uh a deep necessity for a huge number of people um, and a huge number of communities as well, but what is so interesting is that the stuff that you are talking about is just chimes with everything else that you think of when you think of precaritized labor of all descriptions so uh, so it it sounds like it sounds like people who talk um talk about working in um working in fulfillment centers it it sounds like um it sounds like kind of early career academics even it's 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 these these issues are kind of common across all kinds of labor that has been that has been precaritized either either through a kind of deliberate deliberate project or through or through a kind of uh kind of neglect of um of of the kind of the, the, the the needs and wants of of workers and i think this is why unionization unionization efforts like yours are just uh, are so incredibly important because it's not just about advocating for yourself within your own union it's about finding these commonalities with other workers and across other kinds of precaritized labor
2: mm,
3: mm, absolutely okay. and we would
1: Oh, sorry yeah. go
2: lynette no i i mean i'm, I'm sort of nodding mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> profusely there to, to, to um what phoebe's saying and, and the wider context is you know you know, these union terms, you know, galvanizing, getting together, you know, campaigning, speaking up, speaking out. I mean, it's with, with yoga, um, which I'm going to, you know, I, I just have to draw back to. And, and as a teacher, there, there's, there's two things, which I think is fairly nuanced. Which you probably don't get in other disciplines. Um, so when every teacher, <laughs> when you learn and you train to become a teacher, there's some fundamentals that you are taught. They're like the kind of tenets, if you like, on how you treat yourself and how you treat other people. Mm. And and that's that's underpinned. You know, it's it's philosophy and none of all of those things can be brought into the modern day. I mean, j- just for the purposes of our, our interview, they're actually called the eight limbs. Mm. And <laughs> so you've got this underpinning knowledge about yoga, how, how you treat yourself and how you treat others. And that work is very rarely taken off of the mat. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a constant disparity. So when we talk about unionising, it surprises me and and forming a movement. It surprises me that my peers don't reconcile those two things because it's not unusual. We are taught to take our work, our bit off of your mat, you know, your neighbour, how you treat, you know, the compassion, the care, the truthfulness you know, how we conduct ourselves. So if you dig a little deeper, um, it's not unionising isn't, in, okay, in today's sense, it it's like radical. But when you pair it back and you keep it simple and more relational to our roles as teachers, it's not, it's something we should be doing. Mm. It, you know, those eight limbs ask for us <laughs> to move our work off the mat, you know, out of the studio, away from the yoga mat, into our communities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. so yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas if you look at other workers you know they're, 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 you know that's our nuance you know as as, as as an industry and it's one of the problems of our industry is that we don't take the work um off of our yoga mats we've been taught this fundamentally it's like the center point of who we are as yoga teachers but once we get into work and we start teaching my peers forget it for, for all holster mm-hmm. reasons so mm-hmm. That, that, that's one of the problems of our industry, unlike some of the others. So yeah. unionizing, I, I, you know, I'm, I still struggle, and I'm hopeful that that we can close that gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hayley, sorry, you.
3: no, no, it's great. Iris, just, I'm just yeah. again, I'm just nodding. I'm going to give myself a whiplash. <laughs> and it is it's like it's, it's not like you know, yoga teachers. It's like surprise, this kind of like understanding about the world exists. It, it, it's not a surprise to us like you know the the principles of, of care you know the you know it, it, Lynette said there are so many parallels between that and unionizing and then looking towards like you were saying um Phoebe about like the way we're speaking it's the same as a lot of people in different precarious precarious industries and we know as being part of the IWGB we're just one branch of the IWGB and we shared that banner along with cleaners and nannies and uh, you know au pairs and private hire drivers um, and foster carers and it's all like I know that we look at those people and because of the grounding we have in our like, you know, spiritual and philosophical, let alone political lives, we look at these people as ourselves. You know, we are we're one and one and the same. And we, we in being here, like I said, it's not just that kind of individualistic. I'm not you know, I'm going to save myself. You know, it's mm-hmm. for us and each other and everybody and beyond.
1: Yeah, that's no, that's that's really interesting, and I think and I think a really really important point as well. Um, so actually, I think that's a sort of good lead into uh, asking about um if there are any particular kind of campaigns and and projects that you're working on at the moment, and also how people can uh can can find you and how people can support the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, at the moment, <laughs> at the moment, like I said, off the, off literally, you know, out the trap, it was like opening up our casework and suddenly just like, uh, like, oh, look at all these cases of sexual harassment that are coming through instead of pay and precarity, which is what we expected. Oh. Um, we had to, like I say, pivot and move very quickly and organize around that very particular issue. So I think in going forward and in that kind of vision that we might have for like you know where we are you know I would I would love it if every Yoga teacher was uh, a member of the Yoga Teachers Union, and, and that we share those kind of like shared values. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's about our kind of like safety and our security in work. You know, safeguarding our protections. You know, as yoga teachers, you know, sexual harassment and bullying is rife, and we know that already. But as the industry changes, and it does, it's like it's like shifting sands. It's you know, even like like p- pandemic and I think we're still in the pandemic you know it, it's constantly shifting and the industry is like we well, stretching us I mean pardon the pun and you know it's about making life possible for us you know in terms of pay in terms of possible like job security worker status and but we can only do that together so getting more of us here would be a start and i'm super excited about that like i said we're we're very small we're very young union um so growing that um membership beyond because we know we we need you know we know we know we know the 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 tenements we need to be able to shift that axis of power and at the moment like yeah more, more of us, more of us here to keep that balance. More Lynettes and Hayleys. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but, bit, but more people who, I mean, you
2: know, in, in our industry is yoga, more making those spaces more accessible. I mean, you know, wellness, there's a gap. The wellness spaces are hugely white spaces. Mm. You know, so when you talk about what, what, we're, what we're trying to address you know, apart from pay and, you know, um, anti uh, uh, sexual uh, harassment, is, is the issue of race, is the issue of representation, mm. is are the mm. issues of diversity. And, um, you know, this, this culture, you know, of, of exclusion and separation like my peers, I, I, something happens to us when we get into a space and teach, you know, those values even if they hold them dear to themselves, they don't speak about it. So in terms of strategic um, aims as a union, you know, we're aiming to address th- those areas mm. and, you um, we know, we, we need support. We, you know, we're working alone and, you know, we're hugely vulnerable. We do tremendous work and we want that value. We want that recognition. And the other side of that is a lot of my peers are subject to so much trauma and so much unfair practices in these yoga spaces and decisions made against them. I, 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 you know, I'm hopeful um, that we can use this platform to just to keep going on with it Mm -hmm. and sharing that message to our peers, like, you know, like, join this movement. You know, you know, do you, you know, like, if you care, you know, it's not just about me. It's not just about just Mm me. It's about everybody in this industry. And um, we want recognition for that. We want, we want that, that, that fairness and that freedom. And we want to be able to talk without persecution, you know, as well. Yeah. So, um, and, and the other things that we're looking at is that whole culture of being quiet mm-hmm. and complicit. If you're quiet, you're complicit. You know what's going on in our industry. You know, and people having to protect their livelihoods for the most part. And they, they don't want to speak out. But that, mm. you know, that, so in terms of campaigning, we've got a few things on the table we've started to work on, <laughs> um, but that can all change because when our, case, mm. when our members call up mm. and say, I'm having this problem, you know, sometimes those, those campaigns have to be kind of, you know, um, put on the back burner. So sometimes we have to work with what's pressing for our members and that's what we're here for. We're largely here for our members and the wider issue of our work, the other teachers in our mm. industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I've I've got I've got a little bit got a little bit welled welled up there. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. no, that's, that's not that right. that's no that's not right. that's not right. me. That me. Take a breath. Take a uh, breath.
2: Take a <laughs> breath <laughs> now, Let's take mine, a breath together. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's saying you you can hear do it,
1: but this is. Guess, like, just, this God, is you really can. Yeah, you really can. Um, yeah, we Did you have anything? I ask before we um before we talk a little bit about um yeah. about the digital no, I mean, culture of, of of yoga and then I, we should probably close off
0: no i mean that was that was what i was going to like move on to because i feel like that yeah there's nothing i can sort of add to that other than like no i agree and like um yeah i think like the, the the sort of digital culture aspect is something that we've been interested in for a while and um i guess like to start to start off like this kind of final section of the conversation I wanted to like, no, I wanted to uh, find out if you had any thoughts on, yeah, I, I guess because of the way that, and this maybe this accelerated during the pandemic, but I could definitely see, I, I'm definitely aware that like it was sort of an ongoing trend before, um, but as more kind of like fitness instructors, yoga instructors uh, kind of like move towards like digital Platforms, whether by necessity, I think in some cases, like of, of the PTs that I know, a lot of them during the pandemic, like moved, like built their own. Some of them like built their own platforms, but a lot of them just moved on to like Instagrams and TikToks, and they kind of found that like they had a bit more control in certain areas. Although I don't necessarily think that, that necessarily yielded in like a better standard of living or more income, and we can talk about that maybe in a second. But I wondered whether like what your thoughts were on just this kind of broader movement of fitness instructors, like moving to like digital spaces, is this kind of the result of like recognizing that kind of working for a gym or even just sort of doing freelancing across like several gyms, uh, you know, isn't really kind of yielding any real benefits by like the sounds of it. And, and so is the move towards like digital platforms less to do with, um, yeah, less to do with like making money per se and more to do with just like trying to kind of attain a semblance of freedom when you're not really sure about like what your kind of options are in terms of securing um yeah securing like a fairer kind of deal when it comes to your like giving you like yeah it's in terms of exchanging your labor
2: gosh Whoa. I know, I
0: know yeah i'm sorry I, it's a very yeah. big question but <laughs> yeah i know
2: i mean there, there's very little that helen and i don't have a thought on i mean seriously <laughs> but but um there's so much in there in that digital. I mean, the digital space and uh, has moved on, and you know, since you know the advent of Zoom and others, and that shift for me personally means something different to me now than it did, you know, back mm. in 2020. So mm. Haley so will speak more to this. So in, in 2020 if you didn't keep yourself, you know, if you weren't representing your communities and positioning yourself, you were going to, you know, you were left behind. And most of us went online without through what we were doing just to, because people go, where are you? We're suddenly closed. We can't be in person anymore. So we went online because we had to. And we charged very little, if nothing, for that. And then we invested so much into it technologically, getting the latest gadgets and microphones and speakers and, you know, painting our back walls you know, so, you know <laughs> usually you look the part you know trying to get the pets out of the way you know what I mean like we yeah. did all of the things to stay in the communities and to keep the mental health like we knew why we were doing that and mm. there was a huge investment for us in doing so to, to, to stay with our with our students and for our students to stay with us like it's reciprocal. Mm. and then going back to earlier point we carried on doing it because hey oh you no know, a little extra income because we can't mm. earn sufficiently enough Mm. Unless you're doing, you know, those hundreds of classes a week, that's not healthy for you. Um, mm. And then there are other aspects that came into it. And so, depending who you speak to again about the digital space, you're going to get a different answer, and it will work differently for many of us for different reasons. Highly, mm.
3: really? it's a passion. Uh, Not really. But no, actually just building on everything Lynette said, I actually have said I've never thought about it in that sense, in the way you framed it, in that Mm. you know, taking that digital space as 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 somewhere, Mm. you know, the gym the gym isn't working, you know, like working in those big gym corporations not working, this is another way for me to like find that security. And like, yes, absolutely. And I think we can hold those two like two opposing things I'll present here is true, is that for a couple of our members, especially those living rurally, maybe lone parents during a pandemic, The, the the online space opened up a realm to them of being able to work in a way that suddenly felt sustainable not just financially but energetically especially within the context of, of the home and caring for children if you've got slightly older children zoom teaching tends to work <laughs> a little better i've got a five-year-old myself so it's, it doesn't quite gel um but yeah for some of our members like i said Lynette said it depends on who you ask in what context um but then the gyms and the yoga studios they got involved and you know we had to upskill ourselves not just in like our technological prowess and investing in mics and a nice ring light but on mm. you know um uh IP who who owns this you know mm. You know, there was a huge, we had to, you know, we we had lots of calls in the beginning with members of, you know, I've done these recordings for an online studio. Like it's my lesson plan, you know, it's my voice and it's my likeness. And now they're saying they can use that indiscriminately, like whenever they want, wherever they want, and just keep earning from it. I've been paid Mm. for my class. So we Mm. had to like upskill ourselves on IP. And it's just like another thing that we had to Mm. put in the labor bucket. You know, of course. Just, just when we
2: thought we were getting our power back,
3: yeah, you know, running <laughs> so around classes. <it>. <laughs> yeah, and then the
2: studios, you know, slowly started to open up, and then we went back and did that as well, and then we had to mm. deal with the whole issue of intellectual, you know, yeah. property. Is it yours? Is mm. it mine?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it's because it's, really it's not because yeah. it's not just the not just the studios that are exploiting this as well. Something that I uh, something that I saw um, a little while ago. I think it is important to draw the distinction between um f- between kind of fitness instructors and and yo- and yoga teachers not because one is better than the other but because it's not it's sort of not it's not a fit it's I know it is used as a fitness practice I don't personally I don't care for it if you see sort of on YouTube or if you see it on YouTube um all of it says kind of yoga workout and I'm just like it's not. No, that's no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not respectful. It's not respectful. um But I understand they have to do that. I understand they have to do that for SEO. I do understand that, but I don't care for it. And I would just like to say that. Uh, but something that I saw a little while ago was that, and, it, and it's something that it genuinely never occurred to me as being a possibility that something that somebody would do is that there is a fitness influencer who I will not name because uh, I'm sure that this is completely rife within uh, the influencer economy and it's sort of how things work. Who is um, who? has who has become extremely well known extremely financially successful as as a fitness influencer, but she has no personal training qualifications and this was revealed because what this woman used to do was she would go to gyms she would pay the you know not the not very high hourly rate for a trainer would get them to design her a program and then she would post these programs like they were ones that she had designed on her Instagram, on her TikTok, on her fitness app, which costs some extraordinary amount of money a month. And this, and this, this train that this, one of these trainers who she'd done this to said, I, I recognize this, this girl. And I recognize, I recognize this plan that I made for, her. do I have any kind of recourse and the only recourse it turned out that this trainer had was relying on the uh, relying on the ethics of the influencer, and I am quite hardline on this. Um, I think there are <laughs> there's no real system of ethics within the influencer industry because the only because the only currency is attention, the only currency is attention and the only currency is engagement. so there's not really room for a system of ethics within that. so i'm what I'm interested in is. Because because of because of course like having to kind of upskill yourself, which presumably costs money. It it, it you know it, it costs you time. I imagine that it probably weakens your bargaining position once you go back to the studios. Because if you can be doing it from home, then surely you can be teaching three classes rather than two, uh, etc. and so on. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how uh, how yoga as a as a practice, but as a practice as an industry, and we've been talking about this a bit about the tension between a spiritual practice and a money making industry and how to and how teachers are sort of required to walk that line in a way that other people aren't aren't really required to do and i wonder what effect uh things like uh youtube yoga and like uh, i suppose i suppose i suppose less tiktok it's quite hard it's quite hard to put a yoga practice on tiktok i'm sure people have tried but the but, but this kind of idea of like when, yeah I know I know, I know. But, but so when you, but but if you what but if you so I think a lot of young younger people if training as a yoga teacher would absolutely assume that they have to get their numbers up as an influencer as well in order to kind of guide people to their to their teaching and what I what I've been wondering is whether this has whether you would say it's had a, a positive effect a negative effect is does it does it lead more people to, to uh, wanting to kind of explore the practice in person, or if they can do it for free at home, are they just going to do it for free at home, etc.? There's
2: a lot in there. Uh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the practicing yeah. at home. Just to go back a bit, and I'm, I'm, there's so much in there. And there'll be room for us both to talk on this like forever. <laughs> but there are some conflicts for sure in the spiritual aspect versus the business. And I, and I, for one, I like strongly encourage teachers to try and understand and explore what their values are, what their worth is, and mm. charge accordingly. I don't think that should blur the issue. You know, we can't survive, contrary to, you know, perception, you know, hugging a tree, you know, we need to <laughs> live. Let's, let's, let's get that out there. And so I encourage every teacher to find that value for themselves and charge accordingly and, and be unapologetic about that. Mm. So, and you can still be spiritual. I mean, I, 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 they don't, they don't dovetail like you. You're clear on what you are, who you are, what you're charging for, and the outcomes you're trying to achieve as a teacher. And we've been hurt in yoga by teachers offering free yoga. Mm. It hurts us, and for my peers, yes, I'm talking to you, <laughs> charging a fiver. <laughs> Classes, it's hurt us like no end, like deeply, deepest scarred. Like my pit, we're hurt by that. You know, mm. they've got their reasons. <laughs> Excuse me. So there is something really sort of potent and like very sweet about practicing at home because there's no, there's no one else, right? You mm. can do that with freedom. You can do that without comparison. You know, without judgment. Hopefully, there's no ego, mm. and. You can move freely in your own body without too much, you know, guidance from a teacher. So there's something really important, I think, about finding your own practice at home because it starts it before you head to the studio. Can't get to the studio one day, do your stuff at home. And so I think the online space can lend itself to that like positively mm-hmm. and spiritually by practicing at home. But there are also, it's still hurting us in other ways free yoga Mm. on
3: YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I think just with everything, like the internet, to bring it back into that, the internet has changed our relationship to things, to to all things. It's changed our relationship to music. Mm. It's changed our relationship to therapy. Like the amount of like therapized terms I see like people throwing around and, you know, it's changed our relationship to how we date. And... Mm. changed our relationship to yoga and I think like Lynette those two opposing things can be true as it was for our members who started teaching during the um, online during the pandemic and you know us having that freedom of running our own classes in our own home you know like you said there is there's a reclamation in it away from branded content Mm. Uh, when you you've still got you know yeah Um, but then also on this other side of it you've got We're speaking to TikTok, we're speaking to Instagram, to YouTube, you know, the platforming of essentially what is now a form of celebrity Mm -hmm. who isn't charging you, right? So it's like my relationship to it has changed. The value of it feels different. It's got a disposability to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're teaching you about self-care, you know, they're throwing around the terms, the self-care. They're maybe even in it lecturing you about the philosophical underpinnings of the practice Mm -hmm. um, that advocates non-violence and and, and non-harming whilst being sponsored by a brand that, you know, will outsource its manufacturing to uh factories in in, in poorer countries like uh-huh. do you know like the disparity like, do you follow the breadcrumbs is this for free someone is suffering somewhere like if uh-huh. it's for free right whether it's phoebe your little you know about the person ripping off the content you know there's a harm in that and especially within yoga you know we've got that kind of spiritual intersection philosophical in, uh, intersection and you know you, you know YouTube influencers teaching us about these practices while being sponsored you know by something that is causing harm on a global level not even on individual mm. level an environmental level and you know it's we've seen how apps um the advent of apps just speaking to some of our comrades in the union how apps dehumanize people's behavior when the human is the intermediary we've seen it with uber drivers we've seen it with deliveroo and again again how people date it's not that's not about dating a humor interaction that's a disposable you know i'm not i'm not shitting on disposable sexual encounters (laughs) they are needed in the world friends they are needed in the world but like you know the way we view sex the way we view view relationships when the human is the intermediary in between it um I think we lose something. We lose something. So, you know, we can still be here in this individual space, but that no, in, like Lynette said, the value in it, you know, mm-hmm. most teachers I know we offer when we talk to free, you know, you get that thing the same way you get it from a studio in that, you know, this whole thing will collapse if I have to pay you more or, mm-hmm. you know, which is based on exploitation or like this yoke this is for free i can only access this i can only afford to do this and it's helping me for free and it's like yeah i'm not i'm not you know i I, you know i'm i'm not disputing that but most yoga teachers worth their salt will offer you a sliding scale you know Mm -hmm. will offer sliding scale those people that can afford this practice will pay more for it Mm -hmm. so those that cannot like that's covered we've got you you know, there is there are sliding scales. Uh, you know, most of us will have those places of accessibility for people, but that has that kind of relational aspect still. even though we are teaching online, I, I don't mm. teach people who I don't know, even when I teach online. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think maybe, yeah, we, we lose something. And I mean, bosses are always going to boss whether there's an app involved or not, you know, whether it's just like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the boss of that app <laughs> or the boss of the yoga studio, you know, you know, who is these online influencers boss, they are going to be bossed from somewhere, whether it's the brands, they're being sponsored, the content, mm. they're being yeah. told, you know, you spoke at, you know, at the very beginning about how you are an independent You know, you're advertising free. Those spaces are not. Someone there is, yeah. Anyway, I've gone off on
1: another
3: tangent. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. no. I, I, I couldn't agree. No, I couldn't agree more with everything that you're saying. And I think that, like, I think I'm really keen to draw a distinction with the point I'm making between, um, between the idea between the idea of like there being this tension between it being a business and a spiritual practice. I, I think that yoga teachers deserve to be, uh deserve to be paid uh uh, properly and in order to allow them to uh lead uh, lead the kind of the dignified lives that they would that they would like that they would like to lead i think it's a very important job and one that should be the one that should be compensated accordingly what i do think that there is a genuine tension i think an irresolvable tension between is the practice of yoga and the practice of influencing i think that the two things are i think the two things are in the kind of tension which I think is functionally incompatible, and I think of the best example I can think of this is um because I, I do I do a mixture of um of in person classes and, and and i do I do use YouTube at home because it's because it is so easy and I also practice every day and I can't afford to go to a studio every day unfortunately I wish I could um but uh one of the one of the instructors that I follow who's one of the ones where her 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 practices are great, and you you absolutely cannot you can't watch any of her videos which are about anything other than her yoga practices because she ha- she has got some she's got some kooky views which I would do not care to <laughs> which I do not do not care to care to hear about and and a practice that she that she filmed quite recently and she films in these beautiful places and just before the start she uh, there's this little little advert for for audible um and i was just like this isn't very yoga of you is it doing your little amazon advert before you start or even just like just um just the way because i know that there are there are uh yoga influencers who are not white and who aren't who aren't thin um, I, say, I say there are there's there's maybe two or three that I can think of um, just the, just the top of my head and there and you can and there are hundreds and hundreds of um, of kind of 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 slim middle-class white women in lululemon leggings uh, but it does inevitably collapse along the lines that all influencing collapses along which is which is what which is what you look like and it's what people are expecting to see when they think of a yoga teacher and they expect and they're expecting to be shown a kind of aspirational life and again another kind of yoga influencer um who has just had like quite a lot of like work done to her face and obviously like it's your face do what you like with it etc but i'm i'm not willing to i'm not willing to pretend that um particularly very young uh very young women quite routinely getting sort of botox and fillers and that kind of thing is a kind of unalloyed good because if it was just a case of well this is just body modification and it's um and it's you know and it's people looking the way that they choose to look which is completely fine but then they wouldn't all look exactly the same way so there is you can't deny that there is some external pressure to look this certain way and again when you see a kind of a, a yoga teacher who's had her kind of face sort of smoothed over with Botox and you think, well what what is this presenting? Is she presenting herself as somebody whose life you would like, who is leading this kind of apparently frictionless existence with all of this time and money and energy behind it? Or is she instructing me in this in this practice which I can take to the rest of my life? And I actually think there's no way of no way of reconciling the two. And I think that it's quite and I think that it's um, I would personally not like to see yoga influencers or people who have brand partnerships or people who kind of rely on their kind of community engagement, shall we say. Um, I would prefer it if they kind of kept their beaks out of this one, because I I, I don't think they're proper yoga teachers and I don't think that they should be treated as such. <laughs>
3: but I think Because you love it, right? Because it means something to you. And it is at the, at the end of the day, yoga is a relational practice, that relationship mm-hmm. between yourself, you know, that which is outside and within you, you and the teacher. And I think it's like everything. I'm sorry for Sophie, I think Genie is out on a bottle in this one. We're not stuffing it back in. Like, they're here, <laughs> Yeah. you know. Yeah, no, it's true, it's like, true. It's it's but, true. I okay, know. But, I know. <laughs> there is something within like uh the, the the philosophies of underpinning yoga, we call it vicharya, and this sense of discernment, you know, I think maybe we'll we'll start to discern the same way there is a full kind of spectrum of uh things to consume. You know, you've got McDonald's on one end which you know is good for a little late night when you've you've been out <laughs> you know <laughs> but we know we know what it's for yeah it's not bad mm. not good. it's good we know what it's for and then you've got these other you know down the other end of the scale you know not necessarily in a super high end studio but maybe it's like your <laughs> yoga your community yoga class in a church hall run by someone that's been teaching for like 40 years you know there's 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 so much out there but i think yeah in that online space as with everything, in terms of not only everything being monetized, everything being monetized—the way you look, yeah. the way you sound, even like the philosophical, philosophical kind of tidbits—down to like self-care and, like I'm saying, like the monetization of therapy online, like in well, in like Instagram influency spaces, um, it's it's producing a monoculture. It's it's a monoculture, yeah. right? And and I think you know like it will go the way of you know all influencing it It, it's it will collapse in on itself eventually in a a big Mm. kind of monoculture heap and Mm. who will be left will be Mm -hmm. us (laughs) (laughs) good Um, good that is what should happen no no I mean um, (laughs) mean, will we will we no we're excited for it though (laughs) I mean I think
2: just to just to come back to Mm -hmm. I think the, the most important thing I want to say, the first thing I want to say is it's important that you've found community somewhere. Like, you've got a regular mm. practice. Um, if that's online or, or wherever, you know, that, that, that is important in the whole aspect of, of, of finding something that works for you. You know, it's, you know, yoga to me is like this RD perennial. We need something that can attack and kind of negate and support the stresses and strains that we have of life. And I think yoga fits that beautifully. So if you're doing that online, mm. fine. And mm. also, <laughs> you know, to my peers, like you're either teaching this practice of integrity or you're not. I mean, mm. and if teachers are going to do that without integrity, it brings us back to what I was saying about the methodology, the eight limbs of yoga, right? Mm. The history, the, the you know, the, the philosophy and the origins. I mean you have to ask yourself the question you know, like do you want to practice with integrity you know do do you want to learn more about what this is what is this for you you know w- where is this practice reaching you at what level in the heart in the body in your breath like if you're practicing this and you've got no awareness of others around you you need mm. to change your detail <laughs> 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 like I'm saying it like yeah you know that said you know there's individual choice I mean I'm not here saying mm. you know go ahead do that like In in the spirit of the realness of this, Mm. the truth of it all, I think, you know, if you're up there practicing somebody with this perceived notion of beauty, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, go, you know, go find your community. But if someone's, I I don't know, let's face it, I don't want to judge anyone for getting their work done. That's that's (laughs) up to them. Yeah. But it's what you want as an individual, whether you're a teacher, Mm. whether you're a practitioner, like, what are you doing this practice for? Mm-hmm. why and for whom like mm-hmm. what are you doing with what you've learned who are you taking it to are you making a difference and when i'm teaching like you you hope like you're crossing all of those intersections like your work can reach everyone you know mm-hmm. but and in terms of the online like social media it's the it's like a full living working beast that you have to mm-hmm. feed mm-hmm every day to be out there and to be seen a lot of my peers myself my peers like teachers we 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 struggle with that others don't Mm. they're out there and all you can see them is doing a handstand I've got nothing to say (laughs) (laughs) and and then there's the other side of that oh you're a young teacher but you know there's no poses on your page you're not really doing well you know there's the other side of that Mm. and Mm. all of that and even in that space you're trying to get yourself out there and, and and you know, you're feeding this beast like a you know, it's like another job. Mm. Mm. All leans into Absolutely. feeling so vulnerable and wanting to work. And and for those of us who are doing that in isolation, we've got no idea. You know, we're just winging it on social media so we can take our work out there. And you know, <laughs> it's all the more for us to come together mm. and mm. find some commonality mm. and find that solidarity yeah. to at least talk about what's going on for us. Mm. And and um stay true to the workers you know of the practice mm-hmm. like be together talk together share together support each other yeah and it takes out all the competitiveness you know and yeah um, exhaustion but- that we have to do working in a silo the whole damn
0: time mm. and i suppose also yeah. just as like kind of to bring a bunch of points that was we'll sort of mentioned like together um mm. like the sort of dominance of social or the, or the sort of not I, I don't even want to say the dominance but the sort of uh, idea that in order to kind of be a yoga instructor or to kind of like do this type of work and even to like be able to almost get the per, like to give yourself permission or to be given permission to see it as work you kind of need to do or like the kind of the social media at the forefront of it kind mm-hmm. of like the it, it sort of sets this precedence that like you have to get all those things right in order to sort of do the thing that you want right you have to sort of get mm-hmm. the aesthetics right and you have to get like the business plan right and you need to like basically do all the sort of stuff that the platform demands you to do in order to like be allowed to kind of do the thing that you want to and so it kind Mm -hmm. of introduces what to me it sort of feels like a different and much more kind of like in in a lot of ways like a creepier form of precarity right um because it's Mm -hmm. one where it's sort of like you and I don't. Again, I I don't know if whether it's like the one you opted into is necessarily the right way of saying it, but it feels like oh, it's God. something that you have to, or like there is pressure to kind of have to do that in order to sort of even be taken seriously, or like to see like your yoga practice to be considered to be work. Mm-hmm. And I and to me like that sort of speaks to the importance of mm-hmm. your organization in at least recognizing oh. at the very forefront. that like, mm-hmm. no, what this is is work, and like we are workers, and we need to be mm-hmm. like um, recognized as workers. Um, and in some ways, almost like challenging this much broader narrative that like tech platforms are not only imposing mm-hmm. onto yoga teachers, but imposing onto a much more like an increasing precaritized workforce who are all sort yeah. of being told like, oh no, actually, because you're self-employed, this is the most kind of form of this. This is this is like the most successful form of self empowerment that you'll ever get, and you should actually be really mm-hmm. thankful for us. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. It's mean, so it's if-
2: sorry. One of those broader narratives is challenging the image mm. of mm. yoga and, and um, trying to get that shifted so it's closer to its roots as possible. Mm. That's a broader narrative for, 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 mm. for us to, to look at. Sorry, Hayley.
3: No, I was going to say it's, it's yeah, it's, I never thought about that. I like that term saying, of the, the creepy precarity, <laughs> which I'm going to use now. But yeah. like, I do, I kind of, I do feel yeah. bad, you know, Lynette and I have been around the block and a few times, you know, and, you know, there are teachers that sit on our, our committee, uh, the Yoga Teachers Union that have been teaching for like 30 plus years, 40 years. Some of them, and I do. I feel I kind of feel bad for those kind of younger teachers that are coming up that have never been able to just have this outside Mm. of that Mm. like cacophony of other people's opinions of how it should look, how it Um. you should look, how you should sound, where you should come from, what you know, and it's just a constant. just torrent of information now that you have to deal with and again it brings us back to deciding you know what is true you know what is true here and in that in that truth you know where is the power who controls this you know and it's it's one of those things it's it's not that necessarily everything else is wrong and I am right but to my truth this is where I know where I need to be and um my comrades will speak to that as well like you know in 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 the Mm. union together and you know it I know that you know feet planted in the ground you know this is this, this, I'm not saying, this is the fight, <laughs> but like shifting that mm-hmm. that balance of power kind of back, like the advent of all of these newnesses on the internet, you know, that people get very excited about, and it's like throwing paper on a fire; it burns really quick and it's really bright. But like, this is kind of the groundedness of our 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 work. Mm. you know and whether we're putting something out on the internet that someone's just gonna go oh hey that looks really good or come to your <laughs> class and then produces it again I'm I'm yet to experience that one directly Phoebe but I will now keep an eye out for it
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, no one's going to do this for us you know as, as teachers yeah. yeah no one's yeah. going to do this work of us no one's going to sort of disrupt and dismantle and ask those important questions. So whilst yes, you talk about that uh, the tensions, you know, we can ask those right questions, we can challenge the image of yoga and keep it close to its roots. That's that kind of the spiritual, you know, a bit honest and open about our journey and kind mm-hmm. of aim to do better. And then there's a the movement. Then there's mm-hmm. the support, you know, for, for the business of being, you know, working in the union, supporting yeah. the union, supporting this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think those two things can go together. Mm, it's not, absolutely. You, know, it's, they're not that, they're, they're, you know it's not a chasm as, as or you know on some teachers it's not not even on the on, the, on their on their radar so we have to do this work because no one's going to do it for us like we have to mm. you know we yeah. we have to just raise the profile and uh uh you know get those processes in that are lacking in our in our industry and you know, democratically mm
1: absolutely i absolutely i think i think what i would like to see for, for for everyone going going forward that when whenever we think about the conception of you know what counts as work what is what is a worker that we move away from well if this is work and you're a worker that means you can be exploited instead if we move to this is work and you are a worker and that is powerful and there is power in that and there is power in solidarity with other workers that's what i would like to see hopefully hopefully in my lifetime that is what i would like to see personally
0: (laughs) i think on that note Looking at the time as well, I think, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. But this has been like a really great conversation and a really important one. So I just want to say thank you to you both for uh, spending the morning with us. Uh, if people want to find out more about the union and the type of work that you do, maybe even join, like consider joining the union if they work, like if they do yoga instruction or if they know people who do yoga instruction, how can they do that?
3: Um, well, you can join us. Um, our website is uh, www.yogateachersunion.co.uk. All one word and on, like, I mean, all, all of us ratted on social media, we are on Instagram, <laughs> we are uh, yoga teachers union UK on um, Instagram and Twitter, I think. Um, uh, if anybody still uses Facebook at the moment, if you just type in yoga teachers union, UK, UK, UK union means yoga. We didn't think about this, did we? When we did it, <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, yeah. If you if you type Yoga Union, you'll just go down a whole mess of things. But Yoga Teachers Union, yeah. Or you can find us through the IWGB um, at the Central Unions yeah. website because that might yeah. be a little more uh, a little more streamlined for you. But you can come and see us intermittently shouting about stuff online so, if you like. Or join us in real life and you can get to do this with us. Yeah.
2: Go do that. We'll join, the join the movement. Join the movement. We'll we'll movement. Put- final words.
0: We'll put all the links uh, to that in our show notes if you want to like look at that um, and if you want to share that and everything. Um, and I, yeah, again, I guess want to say thank you both for uh, joining us. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the work that you're doing and continue to do. Um, and yeah, like uh, all power to you as well, like as go- going forward. Um, this show is produced by Devon. You can follow them at Devon underscore on Earth if you don't already listen to their podcast, Kill James Bond. Uh, Phoebe, do you have any plugs before we go out?
1: Um, subscribe to my Substack. Yeah, do that. <laughs> acknowledge acknowledge my precaritised labour.
0: <laughs> yes, acknowledge, acknowledge all of it. All, all of all the precarious.
2: acknowledge
0: All of them. Uh <laughs> The, the deepest... The, join the, the, the movement d- people, yeah.
2: join the movement. The, the deepest <laughs>
0: irony of all of this. Uh, but no, yeah, join the sub-stack, subscribe to the Substack. It's really good. I really enjoy reading it. Um, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, so five exf of this show. So all I'm gonna say is thank you so much for listening. Again, we really appreciate it. And until the next time, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye-bye.